Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world of golf. Today we have an exclusive with European Tour Golf of the Year, John Rahm, talk golf from the BBC and answer your questions. Hi guys, Justin Rose here and welcome to the Golf Monthly Clubhouse podcast. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. After we had a slight end of season break, uh, my name's Tom Clark and I'm joined by someone who's really loving life having been away for two weeks in Thailand and now back in Sunny Farmer and that's Elliot Heath. How are you doing Elliot? Hello, yeah I'm good. Great to be back on the podcast after a couple of difficult days at the desk. You know, readjusting to life back in... In Europe. Indeed. Do you have a good holiday? Freezing holo- cold Europe. It is a bit chilly, isn't it? Especially compared to Thailand, I'm sure. Did you, did you have a good holiday? Yeah, it was very good, thank you. Um, great weather, great food, great company. Uh, just... All right. Just what I mean, there's nothing about, more boring than just hearing someone else talk about their holiday. Come on, what's the most exciting thing you, you did in Thailand? There's lots of things you could do in Thailand. I uh, went on a great boat trip, went on a couple of really Did good- you go fishing? No. You just went drinking? Yeah. A um, couple of great nights out in Patong, which is in Phuket, uh, the big island. Patong is a great place. A really good place for a stag do as well, I was thinking. If you've got the money... Are you um, are you lining up a stag do any time soon, Elliot? No. Okay. But if you've got the money, Phuket has great golf and it also has a phenomenal nightlife. So uh, that's one to think about. I am organising a stag do next year. So you're saying that we should go there? Possibly. I reckon you, if you could do five or six nights, it'd be worth it. But it would obviously cost you loads of money. <laughs> go via the Middle East and you'll be, the flights won't be too bad. Five or six nights for Stag do. I mean, that's... Someone's not, someone's not coming back, are they? No. Um, <laughs> like the... Um, what's that? What, the hangover? Film? The hangover. Yeah, they, yeah. they only went to Vegas for one night. So, um, no, well, no, I've been to I'd love it. So, um, oh, good to have you back. Obviously, we weren't here last week. We had... Fortunately, no one who wanted to come I was in. Looking forward to hearing Nick Bonfield on the podcast. Well, well, Nick Bonfield, unfortunately, he bottled it a couple of weeks ago. Decided he didn't want to do the podcast because you know he says he doesn't know anything about golf now, which is a bit disappointing, isn't it? So yeah, it's an absolute shambles. I'm uh, really and then to we actually to um, we were all ready to go last week, but then actually we got called into a new gear launch, which I can't say any more than that. Um, but I will talk about it when those clubs are released so we went to see some some new gear from a one of the big big manufacturers so that was exciting to do but it did mean that unfortunately we missed out on doing the podcast so um yeah but i'll be able to give you some great insight into those into that company's new uh, gear for 2020 when it's out so elliot the big question is have you missed golf after two weeks and what, what do you what, what do you want to catch up on what do you need to know oh I haven't missed golf at all, really, to be honest. I, I have no desire to play either. You have no desire? To, well, you've given up golf, have you, completely? Just I, The weather, I just, I just can't be bothered. Well, I know, but yeah, it's cold, it's pretty wet, um, it's, days are getting shorter and shorter, um, and it's not great golf weather at the moment. But there's lots of great golf did happen, hasn't it, since you've been away? There's, Certainly. And, and particularly for one individual in the form of John Rahm, who won the DP World Tour Championship, 
which meant he won the race to Dubai. And he's just been announced, actually today, as the European Tour Golfer of the Year. So not a bad couple of weeks for that Spaniard. Yeah, brilliant. We've spoken about him a lot this year, haven't we? How highly we rate him. Um, definitely going to go to the top. And to see what he's done in three years as a professional is actually quite scary, it's isn't it? At- Incredible, isn't it? He won yeah. nine times, I think we we, we looked up. Um, so before we go and talk about any more about John Roll, let's hear from the man himself. Jeremy Elwood, one of our long-term uh, contributors to the magazine and the website, caught up with the Spaniard at the Dunhill Links Championship just a couple of months ago and spoke to him about his approach to the game and especially how... He has a real natural feeling around the game. So listen to this. It's really interesting stuff from John Rahm. How big a part does confidence play in good golf? How big a part confidence? Yeah. I think it's key. Yeah. I don't think you'll ever hear any player who's not confident in himself or, yeah, have a, having that confidence to succeed, really. Uh, anything in life, uh, you need, you know, as a competitor, you need that confidence and believe in yourself. And confidence, how easy is it to lose it or find it when it's gone one way or the other? I always have confidence. I yeah. don't think I've ever been on the not having confidence on mine. So you've never lost it? No, I've never lost confidence, no. I've always... I, don't, I mean, if we're talking confidence and belief being the same thing, uh, yeah, no, I don't think I've ever been... You know, sometimes you're maybe not hitting the ball well, but I'm always confident I'm going to hit the best stroke possible. Do you think of yourself as a field player or a technical player? <laughs> you need to ask me that question. Yeah, I'm the farthest thing from technical that possibly is. I'm completely feel. Okay. Yeah, it's an. In all no. aspects of the game. Yes. Yeah. I hate being technical. I really don't like it. Uh, haven't changed anything on my swing in a very long time for a reason. It's truly, uh, especially the closer I get to the green, the more feel it becomes. And uh, which. Um, which of the Spanish players most inspired you? I mean, so when I started playing golf, uh, the the big name was, was Sergio. So I grew up watching Sergio. Uh, but then the more I got into the game, the more I learned about Seve. So the more inspired me, not not only how he played golf and, and what he could do, but how he could basically, you know, how he brought people together, yeah. right? How he had crowds and people wanting to play golf and how golf changed in Europe yeah. uh, and in Spain, thanks to him. It's it's a main thing, right? They told me, they were telling me, I think when, when Seve started playing golf, there was a couple hundred courses in Spain. When he stopped, you know, like 15,000, something like that, whatever yeah. the number is. And yeah. then... When he started playing golf, there was like 50,000 uh, golf licenses mm-hmm. in Spain. When he finished, there was 350,000. So that's kind of what, what drove me more, right? That passion that he had as well to take the game of golf to the next level and uh, and and basically how he could you know bring people together to watch him play and bring yeah. people to play golf. And did you, did you try to emulate any of the Spanish players in any parts of your game? Uh, no, because uh, I will need their physical... The, the physical appearance, well, not the appearance, but the, the, yeah. the body to be able to do it. I'll never be able to do what Sevi did yeah. in any possible way. Never be able to do what Ollie's been able to do, and never be able to do what, what Sergio does. I just don't move the same way. So uh, I try to copy a little bit, try to be as charismatic as Sevi. I would love to. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to, but like, it's. I try to be in that sense, you know, like that. 
try to have that, that that aura he had around him with that passion where you know uh, try to do a lot of things that yeah. he did more than just the game uh, I learned from what they did a lot I watched a lot of videos but <laughs> it's hard to copy those guys I and mean, we're talking about some of the best short game players in history so but you're if you're a field player does that mean you play with no swing thoughts there's nothing going on barely I honestly I like to have maybe one swing thought like this especially if I'm swinging well no yeah. if I'm not fully like swinging well I can have one that's gonna allow me just one thing to remember right like yeah. sometimes it's like to stick the club outside just do this do that it's one thing to remember that allows me to forget about the rest and uh, and honestly that only usually happens with the longer iron shorter irons I, I you're on autopilot. No thought. I mean, it's just aim and hit. That's about it. Right. Uh, did golf come easy to you as a as a kid? No. 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 I mean, uh, surprisingly for a lot of people now, I was a terrible ball striker. All right. Up until I got to college, what came easy to me was short game because it's what I practiced the most. Uh, but I was a horrible ball striker, and that took work. Uh, it took me to go to college and meeting some people in the U.S. Uh, that taught me. To make me understand my swing and how to hit it better, and once I understood that, I became one of the best long players on tour, which even in college as well. Which it's a, it's a big 360 in the game. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I was not a good ball striker whatsoever. Wow! And uh, how hard did you work on your game as a youngster, and how hard now? Is it more or less now? I don't think so. As a young player, I think a lot of people now are too focused on working on the game and having a good swing, and oh, you need to do this and that and that. that they forget to be competitors, right? right. Uh, at a young age, I learned how to compete. The way I practiced was chipping games, putting games, whatever games. I bet you I can do this, but you can't do that. It's as simple as that. Uh, uh, that's that was my way to get golf balls, and that's my way. What we did when we were kids, uh, everything was a competition. I never, ever, until my 11th grade when I went to a golf academy in Spain, I would ever just sit down and hit balls just for practice. It was. Hardly ever did that. So you ended up with buckets of Pro V1s in your bedroom, <laughs> did you? No, those times that I lost. There was some some intense games, but then it got to a point where I got good enough on a national level and I got Pro Vs. But uh, I'm talking when I was young. I was, yeah. I was 10, 10, 11. Uh, that, that was my way to get them. Now you talk about competitive spirit, and you, uh, mm -hmm. it'd be fair to say, you wear your heart on your sleeve. So <laughs> is that always a good thing, or does that sometimes, does it always work for you, or does it sometimes work against you? I don't think it's a good or bad thing. It's just who I am. Right. It's it's as simple as that. Some people are very opposite from that. Uh, it's as simple as saying that that's who I am in everything I do. Okay. Trust me when I say I behave the same way when I'm competing, playing cards at home. Right. Or on the golf course. It's simply just the way I am. It's not. Uh, it, it has been moments where it, not related to it. No, my like where my maybe my emotions have gotten the best of me, but it's not. Uh, again, I'm, I'm, you're gonna have a reaction out of me, whether it's good, good shot or a bad shot. It's just uh, there has been times where maybe situations escalated quickly, and and uh, you know I've been a little more frustrated than I should have been. It's it, not a bad thing. Uh, for so many years, having that com competitiveness or that passion has helped me after making a bogey to yeah. make birdies afterwards. Is one of the reasons why I have the best, one of the best bounce back stats on tour, is simply because of that. So it, it inspires you almost to... It helps. Yeah. I've, there's been times that I've tried and I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to play 18 holes, smiling, being happy without getting mad, and I can't play golf. I right. simply, there's not a chance I sit on the par. And I've tried it before, and it's bad. Because so it's, it's simply going against who I am. 
So it's a bit, like, a bit like McEnroe, maybe. No, no, not even close. I mean, I'm not, I'm not yelling at the real referee. Well, no, I, I, <laughs> no, but this passion. I mean, Tiger was passionate. He's the same way. Yeah. You, you see, Matt Seve was up there. Yeah. And nobody's saying is there's nowadays with social media, everybody captures everything that you see. But like, it's as simple as, as that. I mean, uh, no, I'm not McEnroe. That's, no. that's, that's a little far from, from, from where I'm at. Okay. What do you, uh, you know, to get to the next stage? You've obviously succeeded. You've done a lot. What do you think you need to do to now? move on to major victories the next phase of what you have in mind to achieve same exact thing yeah I'm not going to change it's got me to this point simple as that uh, I've seen a lot of people that have tried to change things once they've gone on tour or even after winning majors because they had to change they felt they had to change them and their careers have gone down from there so I haven't changed my golf game in a long time I don't think I have to have to change I just simply need to be getting better with what I know I can do and what I'm good at uh, and slowly get better. Uh, I know my time will come. That's okay, more of the same then. Yeah, I have. I don't believe I need to change. Obviously, I mean, uh, it's a pressure of growing as a player and, and learning uh, our major championships. But I don't think when it comes to the golf game, anything needs to change. Okay, thank you very much, John. Thank, thank you. you. So there you go. That was Jeremy Elwood talking to John Rahm. Some really interesting stuff there. Anything that's really uh, sprung out to you, Elliot? Most of it, really. I enjoyed John Rahm getting angry at Jezza for comparing him to John McEnroe. Um, but just the way that he talks about a lack of almost technique in his swing is just incredible. When he says uh, he, he might have a swing thought with his long irons, when it comes to his short irons, he literally just aims and hits it. That just shows you the natural talent that is there. And also, if you've got a junior child... A junior child. Most children are quite usually A child junior. who's into golf, like, that's how you get better. Like he was saying that, like, he didn't hit balls on a driving range till he was at college, I think he said that. Hmm. Like, all he did as a junior was just play chipping competitions against his mates and learn how to compete, which is why, coming straight out of university, he was one of the best competitors in the world. Yeah, and, and we've heard from him before, actually, on the podcast that he said he hadn't really even been custom fitted for any irons until he was really late into his career. You know, around it, around the, I think he was about eighteen or nineteen years old. And as you say, he was just out there playing some golf, having fun, enjoying it, getting better and better at it. So that now, when he has a, a chip shot around a green, he can just go back to those days. He doesn't think have to think think technically about it i think a lot of golfers actually would be much better if they actually didn't think about it quite so much and just you know saw what the challenge that was in front of them for this for a particular shot and then just try to play as good a shot they can so um yeah really really interesting stuff and what a year he's had and what a a few years he's had he's obviously the european tour golf of the year he won three times in 2019 the spanish open the irish open and of course the dp world tour championship all of those tournaments he won for the second time as well. Yeah, which is incredible, especially as, his, as we need to say again, this is just his third season on tour. Um, he birdied the final hole of the season to win the race to Dubai, pipping Tommy Fleetwood, of course. Um, and he's won 10 times as a pro in the last three years and also had a Ryder Cup victory. Um, and he's up to world number three. So, a couple of questions. First one, European Tour Golf of the Year. Is he the right choice? I'm not sure about this. I think it's a bit like the PGA Tour where it was Kepka's major against McElroy's consistency. It's Lowry's major against Rahm's consistency. 
I don't know. They're both deserving of it, aren't they? Yeah, Lowry obviously won in Dubai as well. Yeah, sorry. Uh, in the office, I was a little bit more for Lowry, wasn't I? So Lowry won a Rolex Series event and the Claret Jug in his home territory. So I probably would have given it to Lowry, but again, Rahm's had a phenomenal year. Yeah. Fair play to him. It's, very, it's a very close one, and it's a tough one at the moment with the schedule that actually happened. If you actually look at when John Rahm... John Rahm didn't actually play a standard European tour event till June um, which is crazy when you see actually how well he's done since then on the European tour he obviously played in some WGCs and some majors before that but he's I think he had three wins two runners up three third places or something like that this year it's absolutely amazing his his record for the season Um, and you know winning the whole shebang you know in Dubai obviously I think tips just in his favour. I absolutely take your point about Shane Lowry. Incredible to win the Clout Jug in Ireland. It was the thing that he probably most wanted to do in his career and he's managed to do it. But actually since then he hasn't done a huge amount, has he, Lowry? No, but he fair play. He should yeah, I'll still be celebrated. Yeah, I know, but I'll, that's I'll, his whole I'll, his whole career happened in those four days at Port Rush. And I don't think anything really he's going yeah. to go on to achieve and Lowry still had a chance to win the race of Dubai going to the final event so you know very he could have easily swung and hit in his direction I think the voting on it was particularly tight so um, yeah and I think that you know it's nice to, have to give someone the win and I think Rahm you know is deserving of it I think I think they, as you say both of them were deserving of it but I think John Rahm just probably just nips it for me uh, Interesting. Should we, should we talk about a bit more about the season, though? Like, um, yes, go on then. Props to uh, Bernd Wiesberger. He had a great season. Today, yeah, winning three times, which was his best season ever, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, I mean Wiesberger. I mean, he's had to overcome some pretty horrendous injuries, which really put stalled his career. I mean, a couple of years ago, he was being thought of as one of the big players in on the European tour. Um, he hasn't played in a Ryder Cup which is a bit strange because uh, he he was being touted big time, especially for France, which is now, how long ago is that now? Just over a year Just ago. over a year ago. But yeah. two years ago, Riesberger was going to be nailed on in that team. He's actually appearing in some of the other team events and being used as one of their main players. But he lost some form, got injured, you know, and then he, could, he was nowhere near the team in the end. But for this season... What a what a change round! And again, he he's one person who really, if you actually look at just European tour events, it's hard to actually look past Wiesberger for being um, player of the year. Yeah, he's he's got to be up there. Um, Fleetwood as well, <laughs> another great year. Didn't miss a cut. So glad that he won. Finally. Yeah, that was a huge win, wasn't it? Yeah, like three eagles was it? Yeah, I think I saw whilst I was sunbathing. <laughs> <laughs> But he was due. He was due a victory. As you say, he didn't miss a cut all year. Can you imagine that? That's uh, incredible. That's an incredible stat. That, and um, yeah, he'd, he'd had a lot of chances. Obviously, he was second at the Open as well. Um, just ran into to Lowry, who was absolutely inspired at Portrush. Um, but so it was great that he, he did get a victory finally. Um, of course, it was the week after. I think I tipped him, but you know that sums up my season as a tipper great year for Eric Van Royen as well yep sort of his burst out season he's been really good to watch and then Robert McIntyre rookie of the year yeah exactly. I think Kurt Kitayama should have got that but 
it's how the McIntyre's done a, had a very good year. He, you think he was nowhere really? We didn't really know much about him a year no. ago, did we? And especially being a Brit, he's obviously got a lot of headlines. I think he's played really well. But yeah, so rookie of the year is done on whoever finishes highest on the race to buy now, isn't it? Yeah. But Kitty Armour as a rookie winning twice. Um, Guido as well winning twice as yeah. a rookie. I think it was a really good season. Yeah, new, new schedule as well. Yeah, it's no, a it's like, uh, end to the season. Uh, Wentworth was awesome, and pretty much everything since then has been really good. Yeah, and and, and as, we, as we said about the schedule, and actually John Rams, if you look at John Rams where he played, that shows why the schedule kind of worked. I know it's a bit annoying having all the majors at the start of the season or the first half of the season, really. But Ram didn't start playing on the European tour till June but from there he's managed to play in loads of big tournaments he's appeared in loads of big tournaments he's been around the continent for the last four or five months and now you know he's he's been shown that he can actually have an incredible season the best season of anybody else and it's well deserving I think the schedule has worked fine because it's given the European tour finally a space in the calendar to actually be relevant and to actually have the best players and if we actually look at the final series that could have been done better because some of the big names did still miss out on the final series although they some of them were in Dubai for the final um, DP World Tour Championship but there's still some work to be done no doubt but I think it's it was much better uh, to previous years yeah I'm very frustrated with Rory McIlroy still I think his decision to skip Turkey and the Ned Bank uh, was a real kick in the teeth of the European Tour. Yeah. He, like, well, by the time he got to Dubai, he had no chance of winning the race to Dubai when he really could have gone yeah. quite close. He would only have actually had to play in one of those events, really, to and done well, which he would Especially have done. Especially when he was in that form. Like, yeah. If he wasn't playing well, then fair enough, but he could have easily won the race to Dubai yeah, it, this year. It'd be interesting if some of the golfers start thinking about actually prioritising that a little bit more. I mean... Those events couldn't have done any more than they did. The huge prize pools, the huge first prize for winners. I mean, $2 million, $2.5 million, $3 million. That's an awful lot of money. Is it dollars or euros? It's dollars, isn't it? Uh, yeah, US dollars. Yeah, so it's an awful lot of money. Um, if the guys aren't going to play in those events, then then will they ever? I don't know. Um, maybe it's where they are. Maybe it's because it's scattered about... You have to go from Turkey to South Africa to Dubai. It's not that yeah, bad. Yeah, I saw quotes from Keith Pelly about that. I don't think he's too happy. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'd rather have him in a slightly, a bit close together. I mean, if you actually look at the miles difference compared to what they do in America, it's probably actually fewer miles. But um, no, it's not. The the finals in America are like five times closer. Yeah, for the yeah for the for the the last bit, for the FedEx Cup playoffs, they do always keep them pretty much east coast, um, and they all are pretty close. But that's I think mainly down to TV and stuff like that. They wouldn't go from New York to San Francisco or whatever. So um, I'm sure that's some things that they're looking at trying to keep people in the relatively same geographical area. So, um, thing, but it's going to take a bit of time to to tweak here and there. I, I think it's been an exciting end of the season, and I tell you what, European golf. Um, it's in a pretty decent spot, I feel. All these people that we're talking about, um, you know, Rahm, Lowry, Wiesberger, you know, these aren't major winners, except for Lowry, obviously, now. But there's all the really, really big names, you know, McElroy and Garcia and these guys 
who we who if they're not playing it doesn't really matter we still have some great golf out there Fleetwood Fleetwood is such a big name now in golf isn't he yeah um, I think Ram needs to win majors now though he's definitely good enough just as Lee Westwood was definitely good enough and Sergio Garcia was definitely good enough Sergio obviously did win a major but yeah it'd be a shame if he didn't win one soon and okay so it, next year major is he going to win a major next year oh, it's so hard to call isn't it because there's so many good players but if he if he doesn't that monkey is start going to start getting bigger and bigger on his back yeah true so what which one do you think he's going to do best at next year so what, where are the major venues they are obviously Augusta PGA is at Harding Park yep in San Francisco then, this opens at Wingfoot yeah and the opens obviously at St George's do you know what St George's could be the one you know it might suit him that course obviously he's a decent Lynx player he's had success on Lynx golf courses so um, I think Ram for St George's could be a good shout but then it's so tricky to pick isn't it because there's so many other good golfers who are also going to enjoy those those places so um, do you think next year he's going to win one definitely Go on then, yeah. I'll say definitely he will. <laughs> Especially um, if you listened to the podcast a month or so ago, you would have heard our What's in the Bag with him. Mm. And he's got a three-wood or a five-wood, especially for Augusta, because he pretty much only hits a fade, but with this club he can hit a draw. So, yeah, you can say he can win on any golf course. He can yeah. win any major. And I think, do you remember, at the, I think a turning point for Ram was at Sawgrass this year where he was in contention to win obviously not a major but the you know the unofficial fifth major and he hit that horrendous shot where he was trying to carry 250 yards out the rough and he just put it straight in the water can you remember yeah that was from the bunker oh it was from he was trying to hit a massive hook yeah. When he should have just laid up. On I mean, a yeah, it was an it was outrageous shot. I mean, he would have been the shot of the century if he'd. he'd and his, his caddy was pleading with him to lay up, and he was like, "No, man, I got this. I've got this." Yeah. So, I hope he learnt a bit from that because he has seemed to have, have had quite a bit of success since then. Um, and I think whether there's any situation, well, maybe even in Dubai. I know mean, he played very solid in Dubai and didn't have any of those situations quite like that. Um, but when you've got the lead. You know, you want to make sure that you hold on to that lead. Make sure you don't throw shots away and give it and give the lead to someone else. So, um, hopefully, he's learning from the times so he doesn't quite go over the line as well. So, um, uh, yeah, I think he's going to have a very good year next season. So, moving on, there has been some other bits of news which you may have missed, Elliot, whilst you were okay. uh, sipping mojitos on the beach or whatever you were doing. Um, so, let's try and talk it through. So. I think I'm going to start with the BBC. Um, oh, dear. This upset me. Well, it's upset me as well. So the BBC have lost their US Masters coverage, uh, live coverage, we should say. They will still show highlights, but there will be no live coverage. Of the so they're US. still showing highlights? Yep, there will be right. some highlights, which will be at I know, 11 o'clock at night, or midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. Um but BBC have lost all their live coverage of the US Masters, which I think is going to be a huge disappointment to a awful lot of people. Um, they have only had Saturday and Sunday live coverage in recent years, but we know how many people watch that coverage from all our web stats and stuff like that. Um, what, what, what's your thoughts, Elliot? 
I think it's terrible. Casual sports fans will no longer get to enjoy the Masters live because only hardcore fans will subscribe to Sky Sports Golf. There will be obviously casual fans that subscribe to Sky for the football or the rugby or the cricket and still get to watch it. But yeah, it makes me sad. And and also it made me sad as well that Sky was celebrating it. Well, I know. Well, Sky, well, Sky, they're just trying to sing their praises or whatever. Um, And I am a Sky subscriber and I watch the Masters on Sky. But I know a lot of people don't. Yeah, and as you say, I think the casual viewer, the person who will just tune in, they're not planning to do it, but they'll stumble across it or actually go, oh, yes, that is on and I'm in. Um, very unlikely to actually go out and pay for it. Um, it's going to affect the next generation of golfers. I keep on saying this, that the more that golf gets taken away from the people's potential eyeballs, you know, of the youngsters who are watching golf for the first time and want to get into golf, you know, there is there's a chance that we're going to lose these people from the game forever and they're going to find some other things on on TV which they can watch I mean next year there's going to be live cricket back on terrestrial TV for the first time in quite a while um, that's going to start that will get some interest what will that be? that's the new 100 competition if you know what that is it's a new it's like the new shorter form of T20 right. um, so that's going to be on BBC I think maybe on Channel 4 as well um, and golf is just what, what does golf does golf have any live golf on terrestrial TV uh, we'll have the Olympics next year yeah but everybody will be watching other sports during I mean, that that's time. so that they're going to have the Olympics which is going to be on during the night because it's over yeah Asia. true and there's going to be about 50 other sports on at the exact same time yeah I, th- I think until golf get their heads around this I mean next year for golf is massive I'm really looking forward to it four majors the Olympics Ryder Cup in America as well and it's going to be amazing it's going to be great the golf is going to be outstanding there's going to be some amazing things happen I mean who's who's going to actually see it though yeah the Ryder Cup's not even on terrestrial last year Tiger Woods won the Masters this year this year even I've I've, I've, I've already passed Christmas this year Tiger Woods won the Masters Everyone, huge audiences watched it on that Sunday afternoon because they bought the tea times forward because of the weather delay and all that. Huge audiences watched it. We know that. BBC said how many people, millions of people watched it. Next year, if Tiger Woods wins the Masters, it will not even be a million people tuned in. Yeah. More than likely. So that is the thing which is really going to hurt it. And they've got to, it's got to be looked at. I know that actually one thing you two may have missed. I'm not sure if you or you were here for this or not, but the House of Lords have yeah, already started. Oh, you were here, so have already started trying to uh, get a bill in about saving. Um, we've already got these crown jewels of TV sports, which you must show on terrestrial TV, and the Open fell off that, and they're wondering whether they can get the Open back on that at all. Um, obviously, they've got to work out how it's going to be covered because it obviously does cost a lot of money, especially to, to cover um, a golf event. Um, but these things have got to be protected. Otherwise, the, the game of golf is going to you know, get even more niche and we're going to lose more and more players. And that's going to mean golf clubs sh- shutting down and things like that. So, But then the argument against that is that Sky's huge fees are then put back into the game. Yeah. Yeah, especially absolutely. for the Open because their money goes to the RNA who do look after the game. Yeah, no, no, abs- absolutely, I'm with you. It is a really tricky 
situation to be in at the moment because the game can't afford to lose out on the the money that the pay-per-view um, sports presenters give them. Um, but is that worth it compared to the amount of people who are then going to be lost to the game? Um, you know, short-term game, is that going to be a long-term game? I don't know. So, um, yeah, we've said about about it before I'd, we'd love to know your thoughts out there about BBC losing the Masters will you be able to watch the Masters how are you planning to watch the Masters for the future um, do you, can you afford a Sky Sports or a Now TV pass um, what, what, what are your thoughts about it so let us know by either on social media at Golf Monthly on Twitter and Instagram or Golf Monthly Magazine on Facebook or you can email us golfmonthly at ti-media.com and uh, we'll probably chat about that in a future podcast. Elliot, you put your finger um, up there. Please do say I something. I would also say, I've seen a lot of comments like, oh, thank God the BBC are getting rid of golf. Peter Alice is too old or I'm fed up with their coverage. I really don't think that's the point. I think the point is that the golf is being lost, not the coverage. Yeah, and I think that's probably from actually a few shouty people on social media. Yeah, exactly. And not the majority of people. Um, so, yeah. So that's one thing. Another thing. Um, has happened, which is the nominations for Sports Personality of the Year, which is always something that we always chat about um, each year. Um, so, no one on the main list from golf. There's only six people nominated for the main list, and I don't think that's a big shock. I mean, if you thought that anyone might have a chance, it might be Rory McIlroy. Let me make a case of Rory McIlroy. Come on. <laughs> Go on, then. The best golfer in the entire world this year has been Rory McIlroy. But he's not well number one, though. No, but in terms of official world golf ranking points earned, McElroy is miles at the top. He's won four times. How many majors did he win this year? I'm playing devil's advocate here, by the way. So I, I know you are. He's won four times. He's won the FedEx Cup, which is arguably one of the most... Which is um, bring, a, bring a wheelbarrow and see how much money you can fit in it. He's won a WGC. He's won the Players' Championship, which is one of the biggest tournaments in the world. He's won one of the oldest Opens in the world in Canada. He has... Uh, led the PJ Tour in scoring average, led the PJ Tour in strokes gained off the tee, tee to crew. Who, who's seen this, though, Elias? Not even on TV. No one knows anything about yeah, no, it. See, no one cares about golf, do they? Oh, well, the, the beta, hang on. They, 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 people do care about the golf. And, and we know that from the other side. He hasn't got on that, that sick short list, which is always actually a really hard short list to go on. And, uh, you know, he should have won it before when he won some of his majors, and he didn't anyway. So we've already had a go at the BBC about that. So I can't see BBC putting him on the short list and I think it's probably right because actually he this is not the best year for him he can do better because he can win some majors anyway they have put, there, is a fine. Couple, there is a couple of golfers who have got nominated for things Tiger was nominated for World Sports Star 2019 he's got to have a good chance of winning that don't you think I think so yeah the the guy who run the marathon in two hours is on it yeah um, which is an achievement but I'm not yeah anyway I've, and the the South African Rugby World Cup captain. Yeah. But I think Woods probably will win that, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's some pretty strong people. To be uh, on that Molinari list. won it last year, of as course. You, as, uh, yeah, as you expect. Exactly, yeah. Molinari is, so, so golf has already won it in the past as well. And also Suzanne Pedersen nominated for Greatest Sporting Moment of 2019 for holding the winning putt of the Solheim Cup. Amazing. Very unlikely to win, in my opinion. No, the cricket World I mean, Cup the, yeah, I is going to win that. I, you, you, you would think so, although... <laughs> and it just uh, pretended to be a cricketer there. It was interesting. Yeah, but it's nice to have some some people on there and actually um, some rec- recognition for what's happened. Remember last year at Sports Nationality, Georgia Hall 
won the Women's British Open and got about a three-second <laughs> clip, um, which we weren't particularly happy about. So we'll see how the programme goes, and, and we'll go We've there. also got Coach of the Year. Nominees are not out yet, so perhaps you could nominate Katrina Matthew for that. Yeah. Team of the Year. Um, Solheim Cup European team. European Cup team. So... Golf could Does that count? win I something. I, yeah, I suppose so. It's a bit. Yeah, I suppose so. I don't know what the rules are, whether they can have a European team in this, as it's the um, sports person, BBC sports person. I, yeah, don't I don't know. I don't know. But um, we'll wait and see. But there's some. they've done pretty well this but year. Back to what you were saying about McElroy, sorry. In 2014, he won the BMW PGA Championship, the Open Championship, the WGC Bridgestone Invitational, and the US PGA Championship. And didn't win it. And he came second. <laughs> to um, probably like Andy Murray or Lewis Hamilton or something like that what year 2014 yeah wouldn't be Olympics would it no that's what I was thinking who beat him then we'll have to look yeah that was a bit yeah that was a bit of a joke so yeah it's a joke for golf fans to watch but it's almost quite funny I think sports personality of the year just to see how little coverage golf does get yeah uh, I would probably tend to agree with you. Um, so we've spoken a bit about Tiger Woods, and Tiger Woods is actually playing this week at the Hero World Challenge. Um, Race to Dubai champion John Rahm defends his title. Um, Woods returns his event, of course, as Masters champion. Um, he returned from his spinal fusion surgery at this event two years ago. Two years, I can't believe that's gone quick. That he led the field in birdies, I think, uh, finished 17th out of 18th. So, yeah, he is just an easy man field. But they do offer up four world golf ranking points, um, which some people don't completely agree with because um, it is just a way of getting loads of points if you're if you're there. Um, do you think that's wrong? <laughs> yeah, probably. But if you're lucky enough to be invited by Tiger Woods, then fair enough. You deserve the points. A bit of a joke of I mean, some some people have done very well out of this. So Graham McDowell, I remember, uh, won this or came second or whatever it was a few years ago, and that managed to get him into the top fifty in the world for the end of the year, which meant he got a Masters invite, um, stuff like that. So it actually does have a could actually have an effect on people. Yeah, are you going to be watching it? Uh, I might watch a little bit. So when does yeah. it start? On Wednesday is that Wednesday when? till Saturday because it's the Presidents Cup next week in Australia, and yeah. That's another thing that has annoyed me. But obviously, money controls the game. But it's the Australian Open this week, one of the world's oldest golf tournaments, and nobody's playing in it. Yeah, it could have been some of the President Cup guys could have gone over there and actually had some form. I know that's very tricky. I mean, they're under a lot of pressure the next couple of weeks. I mean, Tiger is going to be very much in the headlines for the next week or so because obviously he is the Hero World Challenge and then it is President's Cup where he's captain and also he's a playing as well. So um, there's going to be huge amounts of news going on about him and um, hopefully the President's Cup is exciting and not just boring. Um, we've also got this, as you said, the Australian Open this week. Also, the Mauritius Open playing on a course which I've played, and um, yeah, is this the one that you've made a couple of birdies on? Mm, no, no. This is uh, which one's this one? They're playing on Anahita, uh, which is in the uh, Four Seasons or whatever it is. And uh, no, I birded a couple of Latouche Rock actually, just over the water. Nice. I think Latouche Rock and Anahita have just teamed up or something. I think I saw a press release about it. Sorry, say that again. Latouche Rock. And Anahita, where they're playing today, yeah. they're separated by just a little bit of water, um, which you get the boat across. Um, and I th- think the two hotels have teamed up, so you can now play both courses if you ever go there. Nice. So that's how long is the flight? 
Uh, you're asking a lot of questions. Right yeah, I don't really answer. know where Mauritius is. I think it's uh, it's east of Madagascar and Austra- and Africa. Right. So it's a it's a it's a fair whack. I'd say about twelve hours. Yeah. Something like that. I may have completely got that wrong. I, I went there. That's not that far for me though. I've just done twenty four oh, hours right. back from Thailand. All right. Relax. You weren't driving the plane, were you? So come on. <laughs> driving the plane as if anyone drives a plane. So we have got the President's Cup next week. There's already been some stories about that. Jason Day's had to be replaced by Ben Ann because uh, he's injured. We've got, we wonder whether DJ's injured. Do DJ's we? pulled out of the hero this week. Yeah. Oh, and also Kepka's out injured as well, isn't he? So Fowler came in. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, it's... It's, it's like it's, musical chairs. I know, it's a, bit, it's a bit bonkers at the moment, isn't it? So, um, no, it's all a bit crazy. And we've, we'll see. Hopefully no one else gets injured because otherwise it's going to be... I might have a chance of getting a pick. Did you hear what Adam Scott said? Please do say. Uh, he called on the home Melbourne fans to not cheer on Tiger Woods. He wanted to create like an actual team atmosphere, which I think is a very fair point. Yeah, it goes against the goodwill of golf, though, doesn't it? Yeah, but in team events, anything happens. Should be cheering on both players. No? Yeah. You can cheer on one person more than the other, but as long as it doesn't get across the line, which obviously is the issue sometimes when we play maybe in America or whatever. Yeah. You want, you know, you can cheer a good shot. You shouldn't be booing a... You shouldn't be cheering a bad shot, as it were. So uh, That does happen in the Riley Cup, though. It does, it does, it does. But hey. Anyway, we've got some reader questions, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What have we got? What do people want to know? Right. Rob Thurlow on Facebook. They're all from Facebook, actually. It says, do something on the mental aspect of the game. Many of us struggle to keep the wheels turning after a bad hole or 17. Just remember where you are. You're only playing some golf with your mates, hopefully. You know, if you have a bad hole, don't worry about it. It could be worse. You could be in the office. You could be, you know, having to paint the house. Something like that. So... Keep 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 grounded, Elliot. What, what were you going to say about that? I would say that my mental aspect, my mental you're, game. You're mentally weak, though, no, when, my, when it comes to golf. We've is, seen this before, haven't we? I think it's the best part of my game. My mental, except side. when you get down to the last few holes. Yeah. Well, I'm. Uh, I'm a terrible ball striker, really. Aren't I? <laughs> so I think my mind keeps me in the game, and just focus on every shot. If you lose a lot of shots early on don't get worried like my dad is terrible if he'll he regularly plays the first three holes in five over par of 17 so he's still got loads of shots left for the round and his head is just completely gone yeah like he can't imagine himself getting three pars in a row or something or bringing it back um so yeah i would just say focus on every shot be patient stay in the moment is there a book that you particularly like um, about the yeah, Bob Rotella, golf is not a game of perfect. Exactly. So you know, you can listen to me and Elliot talk about our very, uh, very you know, primary school mental game notes. But you know, if you want to really um, read someone who's actually a scholar of the game, um, then that's probably a good place to start. <laughs> um, yeah. On some more primary school notes, I'm not going to answer this one. Um, Thomas Hegan. Heggenbottom, sorry if I s- said that wrong, it says left foot, Nicholas lifted it up, Tiger doesn't. Pros and cons. Of lifting your left foot up? Yeah. I think that's, but that just shows golf is 
it's not one size fits all. You know, every if you have a successful swing, then you stick with it. I think Jack used to do that to try and get some more power into his drives, if I remember rightly, having read a few things about it. Whereas Tiger's swing is completely different to it. Um, if you're if you want to try something, then go and try it. But I think you've got to find what works for you, and don't try and be someone. You're not going to be able to swing the club like Jack Nicklaus or Tiger Woods, or it's very unlikely you are. So just try and find the swing that's good for you. Uh, Mark Chunk Hawkins, have your predicted Ryder Cup teams changed after a few weeks, or are you guys sticking to your original predictions? I can't remember who we picked, but um, who who would maybe have come into contention since we spoke about that? Wiesberger? Did we talk about Wiesberger? Wiesberger was not on our team. Well, actually, oh, there's some one. Well, for you, definitely, Elliot. You said Tiger Woods was was done. He was never going to win another. Yeah. Never win another tournament, and he was never going to make the Ryder Cup. Since that, he's won an event. He's then picked himself as a player in the President's Cup. Um, but it was our team. We didn't pick our separate teams. So Woods wasn't in my separate team, but he was in our team. That's what's I'm, called I'm a happy backtrack, with our teams. Elliot. Do you know that's what that's called? Well, uh, you know, we'll see how his back holds up. Big Vic, he's disappeared a bit, hasn't he? Yeah, Big Vic's been a bit quiet, but I'm still it's, it's back the ti- It's the time of year where a few, pe- few people are a bit quiet. I still don't think you can say Wiesberger is is going to make the side. Oh, no, at the moment, but he's got a chance. If he keeps keeps on playing like he is at the moment, uh, he's got a massive chance to get through. The, a lot of that, I mean, in America, the way that they've done the points is he, if someone has a good major, then they're in. Um, someone wins a major who's slightly random... Uh, then they're going to be in because you get double the points. We got um, told off a little bit for putting Spieth in our team, and Spieth did not make the President's Cup team. So, Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't uh, backtrack on that either. No, I'm not backtracking on it as well. I've I've just written f- a, an article for the magazine for once um, uh, about how to bet on golf and who do I think is going to do well in 2020. And one of the two, the two people who I said I think are going to do well are... From the Americans, Jordan Spieth, and from Europe, Molinari. Because they both had quiet years-ish in 2019. Um, And I think with the Ryder Cup and everything that's going on next year, I think it's time for those guys to to start really pushing again. And Spieth's been showing glimpses of very good form, so um, we'll wait and see. Yeah, I agree. I'm a big fan of Spieth. Still so young as well. Yeah, exactly. Um... Last one, Doug Augustine. Hi, Doug. Players wearing shorts on tour. Oh yes, that was some, that was breaking news, wasn't it? Well, um, I don't think I think the thing about this is that the people who matter, i.e., the players, all of them seemed happy about it. I didn't see any negative thoughts, any comments about it. Did you see any negative comments about it? No, but some players still wore trousers. Yeah, exactly. But isn't that nice? They should be given the choice to do it. So if you want to wear shorts, you can. If actually you prefer to wear trousers, then you can as well. We will talk about these relaxed dress codes in clubs. Actually, I think it should be on tour as well. Whereas actually the pros should actually just play in what they're allowed to. I mean, they were, this was in, where was it? South Africa. And it was red. Yeah, it was like 40 degrees. It was it? absolutely red hot out there. And they were saying, look, wear shorts because it's so hot. It's just not comfortable for anybody out there. Um, if you were going outside for a walk, you'd be wearing shorts. So um, I think it was a really good progressive thing, which actually most places have. Because actually some of the, you know, just give the 
give the players the option to do whatever they want as long as they don't look ridiculous and they don't so it looks good on the European tour as well you know breaking new ground and can you really call that innovation I don't know I know, I know it's, it's mad that we're talking oh yeah what great innovation golf was wearing shorts because no one's ever done that before yeah it obviously gets that hot in Asia it gets that hot sometimes in Vegas or the desert in America and they haven't done it so yeah, I guess it's innovative from the European tour. Yeah, I know. I think it's a good idea. To be was honest. it just for one day, or was it for the whole tournament? I'm, I can't, I can't, I can't remember yesterday, Elliot. So no, I think they've given the, they've given this the option, as you say, the options. It's a good way of doing it. Um, and not as you say, people might not actually want to wear shorts. They actually might feel more comfortable in trousers. So. I don't like wearing shorts. Yeah, no, I don't I, have the no, look for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's your words on mine. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty similar to be honest. So, um, Anyway, thanks for those questions. Really good, uh, good group of the questions there, and good to have you back, Elliot. You know, you're not allowed to take another holiday for another three years, so I hope you had a good time uh, last week. Um, yeah, you're off on holiday, aren't you now? Well, I've got. A, I'm. A, I'm here and there. You know, you might have to. You might have to. Um, yeah, I'm not actually here next week, so you'll have to sort out what you're going to do with the podcast. Maybe get yeah. see if Nick wants to do it again. I'll, no, he's I'll, banned. Oh, um, Nick's banned. Maybe we should get Sam in. You can get our Sam. Yeah, listeners. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, so um, hit us up. Well, I think you should talk on social about, media. This is what I think you should talk about. I think you should talk about who won the Hero World Challenge, and then you should preview who's going to do well at the President's Cup. Yeah, that, that's there. You go. I've sorted, sorted, sorted it out for you straight away. Um, but anyway, so there's something to look at, look forward to, listeners. Uh, but thanks for listening. Remember to rate and review us and subscribe to the podcast on your usual provider, and also follow us on social at Golf Monthly Magazine on Facebook and at Golf Monthly on Twitter and Instagram. Elliot, it's been a pleasure. Yes, yeah, see you in two weeks. Yes, I'll speak to you very very soon.